pledge to give your life in service to our righteous cause, by this communion, you are bound to our sacred order. Servant of our great king and knight of the round table. Hello and welcome to Laps Gamer Radio. This is your weekly news and chatter episode for the week commencing the 7th of March. As always, we'll briefly chat about what we've been playing over the past week and then take a look at the news from Video Games World over the past week. We're missing Lee this week. He's not very well. Uh, so joining me today, we have Kevin Andy. Hello, guys. Hello. Hello. So, fellas, what have you been playing this week? <laughs> For me, it's been more Lego games. Uh, I might, <laughs> <laughs> yep. I might need professional help now, guys. Um, if we'll get you a little section of a show, we'll start playing some Lego tunes for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Weekly just, Lego update. Just the, yeah. just the noise of bricks would be fine, thanks. <laughs> uh, this week, it, well, last couple of weeks, actually, because we've had a week off, um, it's been Pirates and Indiana Jones 2. Oh. Yeah. Bit changing it up a bit. Um, the pirates is in the traditional mould uh, set up by Lego Star Wars, you know, where you just basically go around and then replay your levels uh, in free play. But then the Indy 2 comes along and it's completely different prospects with timed levels called treasure levels. You've got a story driven hub, and most importantly, you get a chance to create your own levels. It's an idea hatched, I think, by Little Big Planet a year before. Maybe, I don't know. But it also uh, gives you the idea that um, Super Mario Brothers have been watching this. <laughs> uh, and it offers online play, which is something that's missing from most of them. I can't think mm. of any others. They've got a lot of online play feature. Like got Star Wars, the first one had them. Yeah. I think Complete Saga had it. Mm. Well, okay. But it feels like it's a failed experiment, because let's face it, Pirates came out after Indiana Jones 2, and that's gone back to basics. That's gone back to what Star Wars was. You know, you yeah. basically go around, do your level, come back in free play when you've unlocked stuff. And that's basically all I've been doing, Pirates and mm. Lego, Lego Indiana Jones 2. <laughs> I've been waiting for um, the Lego series to run out of big franchise films to make games <laughs> off, so I'm, I'm waiting for the uh, inevitable Lego Glengarry Glen Ross <laughs> so I can yeah. run, run around with little Lego characters trying to sell real estate. Always be closing. <laughs> Always be closing. <laughs> little Lego Alec Baldwin. <laughs> Alec Baldwin. <laughs> What's my name? Fuck you, that's my name. <laughs> uh, we're also looking into the possibility of getting PS Now this last week, but I've checked into it and had a look at what they've got on theirs, and then I looked at what I've been playing this year, and I thought, you know what, this is an absolute waste of money for me. It's still cheaper for me to actually just buy games uh, that are pre-owned, because mm -hmm. um, by the time I've actually got around to playing finishing one game, my PlayStation Now would be like up me you know i have to resubscribe yeah so i had high hopes for playstation now i was i was hoping it would be like a like a netflix style subscription mm. service where it was a more yeah. affordable monthly fee and then you'd have this giant catalog yeah. of games that you could play as and when you wanted like anywhere um, mm. yeah anywhere yeah. On, on whatever platform you wanted to play it on because it could just because it's just streaming it um 
it hasn't quite turned out to be that. It could change in the future, but at the moment, I'm not interested, really. Well, the UK catalogue's looking a bit limited as well. It seems to be very PS3 heavy, and mm. when you consider that most of the games that they've got on there, you can usually pick up for about five now. It seems a pointless yeah. idea, you know, spending like 13 quid or whatever it is a month just on, you know, keeping this thing going. Hmm. Also gave up Netflix last week, binned them off. Well, since the beginning of this year, I've only seen eight films on Netflix, and six of them have been shit. And, uh, <laughs> you know, stuff that you usually find in your pound shop. thought, now, bin it off. So I've given Movie a try this month. It's a really cool way of working. They'll actually send you an email out whenever they refresh the list. Um, it runs on a 30-day period. You know, as one film's getting deleted from their catalogue, they add another one. So yesterday I watched In a Lonely Place, and then today they've added Shaolin Soccer. So, oh, that's, and it, oh, that's a cool film. It, yeah, yeah. And they've got some really cool films on oh there, you know, stuff you wouldn't expect. Uh, I'm just looking at the moment. They've yeah. got Harold and Maud, Punch Drunk Love, No yep. Country for Old Men. Punch Drunk Love. We yeah. all know we want to watch that again. Oh, that's a good film. There's some great stuff on there, and it, you can tell it's been picked by film lovers as well. You know, mm-hmm. it, these, these guys really know what they're doing. I mean, they've got Zoolander on there, for God's sake. <laughs> you know, yeah. right next door to Taxi Driver, which again, awesome film. Yeah, old boys on there as well. Yep. So how much is that? It's a five a month. Yeah, which oh, is right, a month. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's cheaper than Netflix and it seems to have, hmm. have its shit in order anyway. So I'm going with them. But no House of Cards. Oh, yeah. Well, no, yeah. They're, they're all <laughs> exactly. But they're all released on DVD anyway. And um, Yeah, they are eventually, yeah. Know, so not too worried. I'm not missing Netflix at all. So over the weekend, I dipped in a little bit to Uncharted 4 multiplayer beta. Uh, I mainly downloaded it just because I wanted to see what the Uncharted 4 engine would look like, and I wasn't really interested in playing it too much. <laughs> Ended up playing quite a few games. Because <laughs> uh, Uncharted, I can't remember if there was a multiplayer in 2, there definitely was in 3. Yeah, there was. There was in, there was in 2 as well. Yep, there was. Okay. Can't remember that. But I remember it being a bit shallow, a bit tacked on. It didn't feel particularly great. It just felt like an artificial way to extend the lifespan of a game that's quite short but the Uncharted 4 multiplayer turned out to be really fun uh, it uses all the tools of, of you know in Uncharted so swinging on ropes climbing uh, leaping over over scenery jumping from wall to wall and whatnot. but as you know a solid third person shooter as well with some interesting mechanics and um, unlocks and things like that and power ups you can use when you've when you've uh, earned enough money by killing other players I don't know to be honest having not played a huge amount of it and there's quite a lot of stuff locked off in the beta I don't know whether there'll be enough of a progression system or anything like that to keep people's attention for particularly long Mm. and it doesn't seem to have the same depth as say the um, The Last of Us multiplayer did but I really enjoyed it actually Uh, recorded some footage and put up on the YouTube channel if you want to check it out um and yeah, Uncharted 4 graphically looks absolutely stunning. Uh, you can't tell quite as well on the on the video, unfortunately, because the PlayStation 4 still records in um, 720 instead of 1080. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a very nice looking game. That the new engine is stunning. Well, you think about it, the um, Uncharted series, right? Right back to the first one, um, graphically they've always looked amazing. You know, mm. whatever yeah. stage you were at, you could guarantee yeah. they'd be pushing the envelope. Um, and The Last of Us yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. It's Naughty Dog, isn't it? They, they've really got the shit together with the graphics side of it. Yeah, I guess it's the benefits of working on one platform. They managed to squeeze every last 
drip yeah. out of the console. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, this already it's pushing the console quite hard, but I'm sure they'll find ways to squeeze more more graphical power out of it as the generation <laughs> goes on, the same as they did on the last one. But yeah, yeah. it looks yeah. stunning. Andy, what you been up to? Me? Well, started um, trying two with my brother. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, this is a sequel to Trine, surprisingly <laughs> enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, abs- I tell you, this is an absolutely stunning um, platform game. Once again, you take control of three different characters, the wizard, the warrior, and the elf stroke assassin basically you puzzle your way across fight a few bad guys here and there but the back the backdrop to this game is it's absolutely stunning you just you can just sit there and not move anywhere and just look at the almost like the depth of the background hmm. so you got like trees you know with mouths and the cobwebs etc it is a stunning game Finally, like I can only play it in short bursts at the moment. So me and brother only played like a couple of levels the last time. Um, we're about just under halfway through. Partly it's because we've extended the levels. So whereas trying was very short, you know, in terms of the levels, as so you, you were getting through them quite quickly, highly enjoyable. You sort of like, come on, let's just get to the end of this level by the, you know, by mm. the end of it because you've solved so many puzzles. Survive so many attacks, you just go right. That's it. Let's take a break from it. So at the moment, I'm just playing in short bursts. We're trying to, but it is a good game. In terms of would I recommend it for a laps gamer? I'd recommend getting the first one. Hmm. What's, and, uh, what's it on? What? It's on um, PS4. The complete story. All oh, right, cool. How much is it? Is it expensive or is it um, one of these bargain basements you normally find? I got it for a bargain basement. Or did I get it on PS Plus? Or was it on PS Plus? I can't remember. It was one of them. I think it was on PS Plus. All right. I'll have to have a It was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was on PS Plus. All right. Um, so if you if you add it to your library, you'll have it there. Yeah. But I think, even if you haven't, I think the special offer at the moment is about 16 quid for all three of them. That's pretty good then. Three games. So, yeah. First, first one I highly recommend. This one is good, but in short bursts. We have really lengthened the levels to a point where it's almost fit, gets a bit tough and you get a bit... You get played yeah, out. Mm. Played out a bit, of you? And you need something a bit different. If you haven't got a PlayStation platform as well as it being on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 3, I just looked it up, it's also on Deep Breath. Wii U, Xbox 360, <laughs> Android, Microsoft Windows, Linux, Shield Portable, Shield Tablet and Mac OS. <laughs> so plenty of choice a few so yeah everything <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of PlayStation Plus games I've been sinking my teeth into Galaxy the Dimensional um, over the last few days uh, this game came out on PC last year I think it might was it out on console before and they've Johnny just released it on PlayStation Plus I don't know I've never sure. heard of it until um, I added it to my list last week no, oh, it came out in August last year, um, and then yeah, the, the, it's this one of this month's uh, PS Plus games on the PlayStation Four, and it's uh, ostensibly it's like a sort of. Did you either of you play Pixel Pixel Junk Shooter? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I will ruby shooter. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like that. So it's like a it's like a space shooter, but also like a dungeon crawler hmm. um, with sort of Metroidvania style. Um, 
map and like tracking back and forth and finding upgrades and power ups and whatnot and whatnot. It's also got a bit of a roguelike element about it. Um, you basically aim with the left stick, right trigger pushes you forward, left trigger makes you go reverse, and you push them both to stop. Um, and you move around these levels, finding power ups and killing enemies. Um, but the way it's presented is the thing that sold me on it. It's the whole thing is presented like a sort of 80s um, Japanese Saturday morning cartoon <laughs> um, with like VHS elements and everything. So when you pause the game, you've got like the tracking at the top of the screen, like you pause the VHS. Really? Um, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and it's amazing. Like uh, cheesy animated cutscenes, and then uh, the actual game itself is slightly cell shaded and um and it's got an amazing soundtrack as well and i'm, I'm having a ridiculous amount of fun with it it's hard I, I haven't completely died yet so i don't know exactly how deep the roguelike elements are whether it will just wipe you completely enough to start again from the beginning or what i'm not sure so i need to play some more or not and i'll uh, talk about it once i played a little bit more of it but um so far i'm really enjoying it and and yeah the, the aesthetic the whole design of it is is brilliant it is just like playing through an old saturday morning tv show from japan but yeah galaxy um highly recommend it I, it's another game I'd, I'd recommend for laps gamers as well because each level you can probably complete in about 10 minutes I don't know whether they're going to get more intense and longer later on but so far the levels have been, have been about 10 minutes long oh, each good. and then it automatically saves and you go back to the ship so you can just play a level then turn it off and come back later or whatever the only problem is, is like it's only on PS4 and I really wish this game was on Vita um, it uses you, you need one of the buttons is mapped to a third shoulder button so I don't know how they'd get around that if it was on Vita but it could probably run on that system and I kind of wish it it did because then I could play a few levels in bed or whatever or have you tried remote playing it? Uh, I haven't tried remote playing it no but I it's not it's not as twitchy as um, something like the game's escaping me now it was the PS Plus one of the PS Plus games when the PS4 first came out uh, Resogun. It's not as twitchy as, as Resogun, but I still think that the latency issue might come into it a little bit because you've got to be quite precise sometimes to avoid enemy yeah. fire um, because it doesn't take a lot to knock your shield down and then you take damage. And when your ship takes damage, you have to repair it between levels. And if you can't afford to repair it between levels, you start the next level with, you know, not a lot of health. So... Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, bloody good game. I just wish it was on Vita as well. The other game I've been playing in the last couple of weeks um, is one of the PlayStation's exclusive, and it's Fiorda 1886. Oh, God. <laughs> oh come on. This is where we're going to <laughs> I'm only going to go into it a bit because I'm about halfway through it. That's yeah. further than me, then. <laughs> um, <laughs> probably. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know where you got up to. Did you, you, got, you said you were, was it when we were talking around the yeah, round table or something? Um, I finished the first couple of werewolves levels. You go through some sort of subterranean bit. Yeah. Then you just studied this bloody massive hall, talking, just constantly talking with mm. old men um, for about <laughs> half an hour. And that's where I just clocked out because they j they just carried on doing that, and I started playing um, Fat Princess on my Vita while they were just talking in background, and then realised they were. <laughs> <laughs> Realised I was having more fun with Fat Princess and just turned 1886 off and I've never gone back. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm, I'm going to 
give me a full opinion next week because I, I will have finished it by then. I won't. Uh, <laughs> me neither. <laughs> <laughs> but the graphics are one mm. of the standouts. You can see the power of the PS4 in this. It's, it is absolutely unbelievable. How, how great. And the thing what it does, it's, it switches from cutscene to you in control pretty seamlessly. It was like yeah. no change. So essentially, you are playing one long cutscene, and, and I can see, I can see, I can understand where the problems are. I'm, I'm not going to go into it too much this week. I mean, my wife was looking at it; she, she was like gobsmacked. She was like, "This is just like weird." You can see the mm. wrinkles. You can see everything. You know, like they just look like real people. So, in terms of graphical showcase, you you want someone to see how much. Um, video games have come in terms of graphic power this is one of yeah, the definitely. games to show them I like the steampunk aesthetic yeah. to it as well I think that looks really cool yeah I mean the setting I think setting of in London and that type of thing werewolves or as they call it mm. lichens this is all I was like wow this is really I'm into this type of thing the whole setting the whole Victorian London type of thing I mean, I've just come off one of... I mean, we've got the bullimps fly, flying across, I think they call them sentinels. And I've just come across, just come off, finished that level earlier. And they've got um, lifeboats, but we use um, hot air balloons as lifeboats. So there's little there's little things have got going around the world, really great mm. ideas. I'm about... I'm on chapter nine at the moment, and I'm enjoying myself. Chapters are about half an hour or so long. It's not a difficult game to play. It is like a Gears of War, Resident Evil 4 type over the shoulder um, third person mm. viewpoint when you are actually taking control and you are fighting either rebels or lichens or something. Um, but I'm actually enjoying myself and I'd recommend it if you're a lapsed game because it's quite pretty easy. It does have the um, quick time events quite a bit. So I have failed a few of those. <laughs> but it does, I mean, Ready at Dawn were the ones who did the God of War on the uh, PSP. Yeah. They did the two God of War games. And it just shows that they can produce a really good graphical game. I know they are problems with it, but I am enjoying myself and I will go into it more next week and get the boxing gloves out. <laughs> Yeah, I want to play it, but I don't want to pay for it because uh, it just looks <laughs> it looks like a very aesthetically polished um, shoot, but very basic cover shooter, and that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried it's like once mm. I've got the control in my hand and I'm actually playing it, it's just going to be a run of the mill cover shooter. And I've played a million boring cover shooters, and yeah. so and I, I haven't seen it for a price where I thought, you know what, I'll just take a punt on it. Like if I saw it for a five, I'd probably mm. pick it up. I just heard so much about it being just distinctly average, and there's nothing worse than a, than an average boring game. So uh, I'll wait until it's really cheap yeah. and then pick it up, or if maybe it's on PS Plus in the future. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I picked it up for about yeah. 10 quid. That's pretty good. So that's yeah. all right, yeah. It's a fair price yeah. for it. And I think, I mean, I'll go into it in my next week because it's, I think it's more, maybe more of a mindset is because I've come off a previous game, Grim Fandango, and gone into the order. And maybe <laughs> my mindset's been slightly different. That's such a jump. Going into <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. But I can see, uh, I'll explain it in my next week. <laughs> my thoughts. Yeah. When I complete it all. <laughs> 
So the other game I've been playing this weekend, or not so much playing but watching being played, was uh, the other PlayStation 4 PS Plus offering for this month, uh, Broforce. I've played myself about an hour of it, maybe maybe a little bit more than that, but um, my girlfriend was over the weekend, she played a little bit of it, and then I couldn't get the control out of her hands, and she ended up playing for about <laughs> six hours, um, and I just watched open jawed the the chaos that was happening on the screen and this is why she plays way better than you do <laughs> yeah yeah she keeps on stealing the controller um, <laughs> yep. it's a I don't know how you would describe it it's like a Contra style um, 2D side scrolling shooter yeah pixelated it's very pixelated very pixelated yeah yeah um, but the whole thing is you you play as bro versions of um, <laughs> various action movie stars mainly from like the 80s and 90s but then a few slightly more modern ones um, so you've got like uh, um, bro mando yeah bro dread bro mando um Rambro, uh, and so on and so forth. Indiana Brones, and it's it, it, yeah. You run through the levels. You, you kill everything. You uh, you rescue bros from different uh, from cages to give yourself new lives. Yep. Each of the different bros has a different type of weapon, and they handle uh, quite differently. Like um, most of them have a projectile weapon, but then you've got uh, a blade or. Is he just called Broad? I can't remember what he's called. I don't know. Oh, yeah, Broad. Yeah, or um, Neo. Broadgiver. Yeah, Broadgiver, <laughs> who just throws out um, um, dynamite. dynamite yeah. He throws out dynamite, or his special is he throws out a like a, a plucked turkey with dynamite stuffed in it that attracts the attention of all the enemies. They'll run over to it, and then it explodes. Or you've got um, Neo from The Matrix, who's Mr. Broderson. Um, <laughs> and his he just punches things, and his special as he can deflect bullets it's it's utterly insane you just run through the level killing everything everything explodes you get to the end of the level kill the devil and then jump on a helicopter while the level <laughs> explodes around you in a crazy guitar solo awesome. place it's utterly bonkers and yeah. um, it's so much fun even if like even like oh, i wasn't playing that much i was just sitting there watching my girlfriend play it and it's insanity it's great it is good it's good i played a bit of two player and brother with it I've played about three or four levels in it, and it, it is a lot of fun. It is, it is manic. I like the fact that they get the knives out and start climbing up the walls, and yep. everything's it's uh, everything's destroyable. Everything, even yourself, you can kill yourself <laughs> yeah. as well. So many is times. it couch co-op then? Yeah, you can play couch co-op. You can play online co-op. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, awesome. Four player, I think. Yeah, four yeah. players. There's very few games do that. Yeah, I haven't I haven't a chance to play it. That's what I should have done. I should have turned on the other controller and played <laughs> alongside. But I, I didn't think I was too busy watching. I was too busy watching everything explode and just saying, "Oh my god, this is yeah, crazy!" You just got wrapped <laughs> up in the explosions, didn't you? That were it. <laughs> yeah, um, I came across a couple of little issues. I don't know if you came across this, Andy, but whenever I start a level with it, after about three or four seconds, there's like a couple of seconds where your character doesn't respond to inputs on the controller. No, I never came across that, no. You never come no. across that? I, I searched on the internet, and other people have had this as well. I don't know whether it's just in single player or not, but um, my girlfriend noticed it as well. And so you have to start each level and just stand at the start point for a second wiggle the controller backwards and forwards until you control until the character stops moving and then starts moving again and then start the level um, it's, a, it's a small issue um, and I'm sure it'll get patched out if, if it is a widespread problem um, and apart from that the only thing I've noticed is that occasionally when everything is exploding the frame rate takes a bit of a hit but that is literally because everything on the screen is exploding 
Um, <laughs> they they relish in their explosions and yeah, they disrupt the environment. I, I I reckon you could probably, if you wanted to, um, block yourself from being able to complete a level just by destroying enough of the environment. <laughs> yeah, to be able to progress. <laughs> yeah, it's it's insanely good fun. Um, it's yeah. one of the one of this like this is one of the best months uh, in recent memory I think for PS Plus at least on the, on the PS4 because Galaxy is is great and I'd highly recommend both of you try it out and anyone listening who's got a PS4 I'd recommend trying that out but yeah. Broforce is just it's just laugh out loud insanity. So with Lee not being here, you thought you might be able to get through an entire episode without mention of Captain Toad Treasure Tracker, but I'm afraid I've got. I've got bad news for you. Um, he left a message for us. He says, yeah, so let the world know that he's finally finished Captain Toad and he loved it. Level design and subtle depth to the levels uh, as the game progresses is pure Nintendo magic. And I played it in hour chunks. Perfect accessibility, but incremental challenge for lapsed gamers pressed for time. Kept him busy for three plus weeks playing that way and the bonus levels with four Toad characters look amazing. So there's your weekly Captain Toad update. That's Expect it. more of it next week. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's it. That, that's the last one. Is that it? Is he done? No, yeah, that's it. I, I'm, done? Sure, like I'm sure he'll dive in it? for a replay. He's finished it. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get him to play something yeah, else. Yeah, we also need to say get well soon. Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely get well soon. Before we move on to the news, we had uh, an email in from a from a listener, Stephen Jackson, at Dukebox on uh, Twitter and uh, we thought we'd, we need to address his message on the podcast so he messaged in to say uh, I think the podcast sounds good and very professionally done and I'm enjoying it the concern I have is that you're going to lose the lapsed gamer element and become another gaming podcast talking about what you've been playing in the early shows when people were reviewing a game they made a point of saying if they would recommend it for a lapsed gamer and give their reasons this made your show unique so for me it would be great if uh, you were talking about games making more of a point about why you would or would not recommend it for a lapsed gamer since a game may be really good and you were enjoying it but may not be best for a lapsed gamer to leap into so first of all i want to say thank you Stephen, for emailing us and giving us the feedback we'd like to encourage any of our listeners to get in contact with us with thoughts on how the show is going or if you have any suggestions for topics or features we'd like to cover and secondly Stephen's absolutely right we've kind of lost sight a little bit of the original purpose of the show um which was to unite lapsed gamers and in my case slightly less lapsed gamers <laughs> in, order, <laughs> in order to rejuvenate our love of video games yep. um so going forward we'll be working on keeping the show closer to that ethos so with that in mind we thought that we could give a quick rundown of the games we've been playing so far this year that we think are ideal for lapsed gamers i think one of the games this year and probably Kev will agree with me is um, the Lego games oh, definitely <laughs> yeah that simplicity of um, just diving in picking up a controller pressing ORX to bash bricks collect your coins those games are ideal yep good puzzle element as well yeah you might not want to get into dimensions yet until it goes down in price because that can be quite scary mm. Mm. it's a it's a big place to jump to as well i mean that is something that you just take on when you've done a lot of the other lego yeah. games are, i would think but also the lego games because for franchises so if you're into batman if you're into lord of the rings 
if you're into Marvel. Glen Gary, Glen Ross. Yeah, Glen Gary, Glen Ross. <laughs> we'll wait for the casino one and yeah. the Goodfellas <laughs> one. But um, these type of games, especially if you're lapsed and you like the franchises, they're ideal. The sense of humour they've got, especially if they've developed with um, they're using the real sound bites from films or TV, TV shows. We've got mm. the music from the films, mm. etc. And even the Marvel superheroes one from a couple of years ago. It's an original story, but mm. it's a lot of fun. It's that Lego humour what you're after. Yeah, with Lego games, you can play them on any platform. Yeah, you know, there's there's no limited. You're not limited to Xbox One, or you're not limited to PlayStation Four. You can play them on practically anything. I think the only thing they're missing now is iOS, and yeah. I'm sure that'll probably be on the way. Yeah. <laughs> And again, you can just jump in and jump out with those. Yeah, I think if you do 20 minutes, you can practically wipe up a level straight away. And you don't have to worry too much about story either, because obviously um, half the time you'll know what your story is because it'll be a film you've seen. There's something like Just Cause 3, where it's easy to dip into and dip out of occasionally, but there's an overarching story, which um, I've already forgotten. So, you know, um, even though I can dip in and dip out with levels on that, which is a great fun game, um, I'd still have problems trying to remember where I'm at or where I was planning. I thought you just had to blush it up. <laughs> I thought <laughs> well, that was yeah, a story. Not- <laughs> <laughs> that is practically all the story, yeah, but there is actually more. <laughs> really? <laughs> if you want it. <laughs> Does anyone really care about the story in, in Just Cause 3, though? I mean, I, I, I get the feeling the developers didn't think- really care about it that much. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's yeah. probably why I didn't remember it, because you know, it's probably just that threadbare. Yeah, that's it. It almost feels like they just made a giant toy box where you can blow things up and they're like, we've probably got to put a story in as well, so we just throw one together. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, we need some sort of development here. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Mark? Um, To be honest, most of the ones that I'd recommend are all on the Wii U um, that I've been playing this year. Nintendo has this brilliant ability to be able to make games that you can just digesting like bite-sized chunks you can turn it on play a bit turn it off if you if you push for time then then there's a plethora of games you could just dip in and out of um so the main ones would be that i've been playing this year mario kart 8 yoshi's woolly world super mario maker and splatoon uh, splatoon yoshi's and, and mario kart 8 are games that you can just turn on for a bit and you know play as and when you want so i've been making a habit recently because uh, i live five minutes away from where i work nipping home on uh, on my lunch grabbing a sandwich and then sitting down and having a couple of quick races on uh, on mario kart 8 and then going back to work because uh, uh, you can you can whip through a couple of races in 10 minutes oh, yeah. and Very have easy. an absolute blast yeah even online yeah yeah um and it's so quick to get into the games that um you don't have to sit around waiting ages for a lobby to populate mm. um yoshi's woolly world the levels are really really short um so you can play a level and then you know go off and get on with your life and then come back to it later splatoon the it's really quick to load up it's quick to get into matches the matches are a rigid i think it's three two or three minutes um two or three minutes long there's no overtime or Mm. anything like that so you can squeeze in a few a few matches on that and then go off um super mario maker you can load it up play through a couple of levels or play one of the community levels or 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 something like that or if you if you wanted to um spend a little bit more time with it you can sit with the tablet whilst you've got the tv on in the background and just noodle away and play on a level for a while but apart from that i mean 
so many PS Plus games that have been released on uh, the Vita, like uh, Oli Oli and Hotline Miami and, and games like that, or, or Counter Spy. Counter Spy is a great one. Yeah. yeah. Boot up, play for five, ten minutes, turn it off, job done. I think the indie games seem to have the same sort of ethos as Nintendo, where you need mm. to be playing your game within 11 seconds. You know, yes. so yeah. you've not got any sprawling openings or anything like that. You know, you mm. just basically got the game. That's it. Boom, you're in, you're out. It's great. Mm. I mean, the other one I would say would be the Skylanders games. And particularly if you're a fan of the um, old Spyro, Croc, um, mm. Banjo-Kazooie, those mm. type of games. Um, just buy the basic packs. Um, essentially and play your way through and enjoy your way through like uh, I mentioned in previous previous weeks um, you can get the packs for cheap now you don't need to buy anything extra if you want to unlock the rest of them then you can do but the 3D worlds they are beautiful graphics the gameplay is fun you are going to get a lot of time out of them the other one I would mention is the one I'm playing at the moment The Order 1886 in terms of its controls you don't really have to know all the button. You know, have to play about with loads of buttons. You don't really have to think about leveling up the characters or anything. Essentially, it's just play through the story. Yeah, it is pretty much on rails that one. Good rails. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Debatable. Yeah, <laughs> that's another one I'd recommend. Um, anything else? Mm, I'm clear. Nothing I can think of this year. I wouldn't recommend Cosa Mercenary, I think, because of the controls. If you're not used to a Vita, I wouldn't recommend it. No, mm. no. I mean, you can play it in very small chunks. Yeah. Like, uh, you can play a bot match for 10 minutes or something, and the levels aren't particularly long, but no. it, you'd still need to be quite familiar with modern first-person shooter yeah, sort of the, mechanics. The Vita <laughs> itself has got very unique features with a back pad and the dual stick controllers and all that. I just think it's a bit difficult, maybe just to grasp hold of. It's weird, the back pad. Um, just lately, I've I've realised that all the games I'm playing on the Vita, none of them use it. it just seems to be less utilised now than it ever has been. It's the same problem that the Wii U's got with the touchpad, is n- not enough developers utilise the hardware that's there. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the only games, I mean, um, Killzone Mercenary and, well, yeah, Killzone Mercenary and Uncharted Golden Bits used to a certain extent. The only one that's, that's used everything that's in the Vita and used it well is Tearaway. I've, I've seen that a couple of times on PS4 and I keep thinking, uh, should I pick it up? Is it worth picking up? Um, I've got it on PS4. Yeah. Vita version's brilliant. The Vita version's brilliant. Actually, I'd recommend that to a um, lapsed gamer because the way it, it teaches you how to use a Vita would be an ideal yeah. tutorial for any other game. Mm. So you get to familiar yourself with all the features of a Vita, the camera, the back pad, the front camera, back camera, everything. The I mean, the PS4 version is about 10 quid, that was something so... Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we are aware that we have... We, I mean we are sort of veered off a path a bit. I think we were a bit so excited about getting back together again and just getting shows out that we, um, we yeah, we admittedly do, and we do apologise for that. I mean, we do have a new, some new plans coming up in the gestation period at the moment that will help um, Laps Gamers access video game worlds, hopefully in different ways. Um, we'll release more info um, shortly about that we do have an ethos and we will stick to it a lot closer from the future yep thanks for the email yep 
Thank you. Yeah, thanks very much. And yeah, we'll, we'll continue to try and uh, include the Laps Gamer ethos a little bit more when we talk about games, whether we recommend them for, for Laps Gamers or not. I mean, next week I'm going to probably be talking a lot about The Division, and that's a game that would, I would not recommend for Laps Gamers at all. But yeah, we'll, we'll try and, uh, and talk about whether we'd recommend games or not recommend games. Tune in to see what Lego game I'm playing next week. <laughs> yes, exactly. And yeah, tune in to hear more about Captain Toad, I'm sure. <laughs> Okay then, so on with the news. And our first piece of news is that Uncharted 4 has been delayed again for the third or fourth time now. I can't remember how many times it's been delayed now. Fourth time. Oh, yeah. Fourth um, time. When, did it, when was it originally supposed to be out? Was it last winter? October, was it? October. It was supposed to be October time? Uh, yeah. October 2012. Yeah, well, no. <laughs> no, I think it's supposed to come out last silly season. Um, and then it got pushed to March. Yes. Yeah. And then it got pushed again to April so I think it's coming out towards the end of April and now it's been pushed again to early May this story is coming from um, metro.co.uk and they say that Naughty Dog's cinematic sequel has been delayed yet again although this time only two weeks until May Last of Us creator Naughty Dog can have many positive qualities but like most great game developers keeping to deadlines is not one of them originally Uncharted 4 was supposed to be out last Christmas uh, which is why Microsoft made Rise of the Tomb Raider and Xbox One exclusive to compete but then it got delayed until March 18th then delayed again till April 29th and now has been delayed a fourth and hopefully final time until May 10th I'm kind of fine with that to be honest I would rather yeah. like yeah, it's the yeah, old uh, was it Miyamoto who said um, a rushed game a, a, a delayed game is eventually good but a rushed game yeah. is always bad or, or words to those effects yeah. yeah yeah so I'm fine with it as long as the final product comes out good and it's naughty dog so you kind of expect that it would be um then i've got no problem with that at all and it gives me more time to dip into um another game that i probably would not recommend to lapse gamers dark souls 3 which comes out at the end of march so (laughs) gives me a decent window to sink my teeth into that before uncharted comes out yeah i'd rather wait for a a game that works than one that's broken exactly like there's been a plague of games mainly games brought out by the bigger publishers Ubisoft and EA and Activision uh, where the publisher has pushed an arbitrary deadline on a company and the final game has come out rushed and or or broken or missing features (coughs) Street Fighter (laughs) 5 so yeah I'm, I'm fine with them pushing it back to be honest Our uh, next piece of news comes from uh, MCV UK, and that's that uh, No Man's Sky is getting a very snazzy special edition, but only on PC. And it's finally got a release date as well. It's coming out on June 21st in the US and June 24th, I think it is, in uh, the UK and the EU. So a British-made game is coming out three days after it does in America <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, they, they announced back in October uh, last year at the PlayStation Experience that it was, f- it was finally coming out in June this year, but now we have a concrete release date. June 21st in the US, June 24th in the UK and the EU. It's 
going to be slightly more expensive than I thought it was going to be. I thought being an indie game, being made by a, a small team of, t- I think it's 10 or 12 people are working on it, that it would be, I don't know, 20, 30 pounds maybe, but it's going to be a full 40 pound or, or 60 dollar release. But I'm kind of okay with that. I expect it to be a full release after the hype yeah. going along with it that seemed to have built up over the last year or so. I expected mm, and so, yeah. Sony are putting a lot of money into into promoting it. Um, yeah. There's a lot of hype around it, uh, so I'm fine with it being full price release. This is one of my most anticipated games of the year, so I'm, I'm very much looking forward to. I'm always already thinking about maybe booking a couple of days off work to just <laughs> sit and sink my teeth into it. Um, yeah, it's coming out with a couple of snazzy special editions. One on the. Um, PlayStation 4, which is only available through game, unfortunately, which has got a steel book and an art book and various bits and pieces. Yeah, yeah, I, I hate retail specific <laughs> special yeah. editions. But the um, the big one, um, there's a giant, like a, it's like $150, I think it is, so however much that would be in, in real money. About 100 quid. Um, <laughs> Yeah, giant special edition with a statue of one of the ships from No Man's Sky and various other goodies. But it's only coming out on the PC version, and that makes me very sad. No, look on the positive, though. Just think of the shelf space you're saving. Yeah, that's true. I have got... The top of one of my bookshelves is is currently covered in old special editions of games I've bought, but... And then another shelf is now covered in Amiibo. I was just about to say, the Amiibos will be taking over soon anyway. But um, it's a very nice looking... It's the Explorer's Edition. It's PC only uh, and is limited to 10,000 copies. So um, I expect to to see those sell out very quickly and then being resold on eBay for 10 times the price in the months afterwards <laughs> see I like a good special edition I just don't have the room for them anymore unfortunately our next uh, new story is reported by Polygon and that is that Street Fighter 5 Rage Quitters are getting punished as Capcom works on a permanent fix one of the many things missing from the feature bereft Street Fighter 5 uh, quitting a match currently doesn't count as a win or a loss so players have been abusing the system by rage quitting their games in order to keep their win-loss ratio artificially high. Capcom have said they've seen video footage of this and they're going to address this uh, by targeting the worst offenders, people with an 80 to 90% disconnect ratio, but as yet have no plans to make a disconnect count as a loss for the wider gaming a population of, of uh, Street Fighter V presumably because their servers are currently a dumpster fire and they don't want to punish players who are booted out of games. Street Fighter V's had a bit of a rocky launch. It's for the fighting game community. It's probably the most anticipated game release of this year, and it's had a lot of buzz about it. But there's this huge aspects of it that aren't available. So you get fight money for winning fights. There currently isn't a shop in which you can spend that fight money. <laughs> there's a there's the, the there was there's a full-fledged story mode which isn't in the game yet and is coming at some point in the next few months (laughs) so yeah you know as we were talking earlier about games coming out missing features or coming out broken (laughs) (laughs) the game missing the game though that's a bit of a surreal come out missing seemingly half of the content that was supposed to be in it the first place and at that point you think just delay it street Street Fighter 2 and yeah. <laughs> just just delay the game wait until you've got all the features ready and yeah. then release the whole thing it's just it, it yeah, boggles my mind it 
baffles me then because it's being released on a Blu-ray disc. Mm-hmm. What is exactly on that disc? They could have just put it on the CD, surely. Oh, you think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the title that's sequence, it. that's it. <laughs> no, I think, the, I think the car gaming mechanic, what I've read reviews, uh, is very, very good, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, so the, oh, they're very slick. Yeah, they're always amazing. This, this, this one's really been praised. But I think it just follows a trend of this generation, hasn't it? We've got these games that are released... Um, and then we're just getting added on, added on, added on. I mean, you look at Drive Club, yeah. that came out broken, that's totally different. Mm. I mean, would you, would you classify Destiny amongst that sort of... Um, yeah, the Destiny situation is, is, is quite... <laughs> the Destiny situation is quite complicated. Uh, <laughs> there's a long and complicated story about what happened during Destiny's production and, and yeah. why the game launched as it did and why... Th- it's only just beginning to really fill its mm. potential, but um, that's a story for another time. <laughs> yeah. I reckon they'll make a film yeah. with it. Yeah, no yeah, um, yeah. It's just the, the, the silly thing is with a lot of these games when they come out, you can kind of tell that like they thought, right, we've got this window here where there's nothing else coming out that we could compete with. We've got to get it out then. If it's not finished, yeah. then we'll patch stuff in later. But Street Fighter V kind of stands alone. There's nothing... If, if you're interested in getting Street Fighter V, it doesn't matter when it comes out, you're going to get it. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. There's no, no other fighting games out there that it's, that it's really competing with that are, that are out at the moment, apart from maybe Mortal Kombat. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but to, yeah, exactly. to a Street Fighter fan, they, they're not bothered. They'll, it could come out on the same day as every other game on the in the world, and they will still buy Street Fighter and play Street Fighter. Yeah. You know, it's got that kind of a loyal fan exactly. base. I think, what, what, I mean, what I've read, I mean, I don't mm-hmm. know, maybe what I've understand is that they had to get it out for these championships, haven't they? Oh, um, yeah. Um, Evo. Evo. That's why maybe it's been yeah. rushed without any content as such. So Maybe, yeah. I don't know, but it's just, you know, if, if it needed to get it out, maybe she's released it a bit more and even delay it by a month or something. And then, I don't know, it's, it's difficult. Yeah, Evo 2016 is not until July, the middle of July. Right. <laughs> so they well, could, have, not. They could no. have waited two months, <laughs> finished no putting all in, in all the features, and you've still got a couple of months then for people to get to grips with Street Fighter V before yeah. Evo starts. You see, this is what always baffles me about this whole idea of releasing a game that's not even finished. Um, it's like, this is the only industry that does that if you bought a car yeah. and it came with no steering mm-hmm. wheel and you were going to get that later in the post <laughs> would you buy that car mm. <laughs> you'd be stuck with a car that's sat in a garage you know it's just bizarre yeah. that they think that they can just do this you know it's ludicrous uh, anything else if any other industry did this there'd be an outcry and yet gamers are yeah, quite happy to just roll over and take it every time yeah, it's a shame. We've kind of been conditioned to it. Just like a lot of gamers are just like, you know, that's just what the industry's like. It's just, this just what happens. But it's not what should happen. We should expect games to be mm. launched as finished products. Well, it, I mean, yeah. Nintendo do it day in, day out, don't they? The, yeah. <laughs> the Wii U is absolutely hold flawless. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Splatoon, Splatoon. That released, as I, as I understand it, with little content people were complaining yeah, about content but about that. that was slightly different 
<laughs> that was slightly different. Yeah, it's that was the thing. Like, game. That, that game launched with, still got a, game. with a, a small number of maps, but the way Splatoon is designed is that you, there's only ever two maps in rotation at any time, and then it, then it changes mm. every two hours. And the way they did it is like, I'm not going to try and defend it completely there probably should have been more maps in when it launched but i can kind of see how with a few maps in there you can get used to those maps and then they they, they were releasing maps later mm. for free um, once you got used to the ones that are in there they're kind of drip feeding the content completely for free yes probably should have been more of it in there at launch but at least they're not taking the the uh the approach that lots of shooters would take in that they'll launch a game with very few maps and then make you pay yeah, for new maps later yeah there's been no battlefront yeah yeah battlefront, battlefront yeah. Or, or call of duty or or yeah or anything like a battlefield as well um they've just kept on i mean they haven't charged anyone for any of the content the new maps no. the new weapons or anything like that it's all been completely free and it came out with not a huge amount of content but I don't think the people who were playing it on the whole cared that much because the game's so damn fun <laughs> but um, yeah apart from apart from that I can't I can't think of any time in recent memory where a Nintendo game has launched missing features or needing massive day one patches or with the servers being completely broken no no it just doesn't happen yeah. No, but it seems to be a trend this generation where they are mm. releasing. I mean, I heard it was it Jim Sterling or something they called it hub games, yeah. essentially, where mm. you release the game and then you just add bits to it. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, um, it's a bit of a problem. The way I see it is don't buy the game until it's complete. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what's happened with Street Fighter Five. If I understand the sl- sales are slumped mm. because people aren't buying it. Because we understand the game well, not see, there. You've, you've only got to wait six months. You can pick it, pick it up for half the price. You know, um, with all, with the, all features, the features, you can get the complete game. It just seems mm. ludicrous that they're releasing it now mm. um, in the state that it is. So our next news story, also reported by Polygon, is that the Metal Gear Solid fan project Shadow Moses has been cancelled. Um, Shadow Moses, a fan-made redevelopment of the original Metal Gear Solid game in the Unreal 4 engine, originally announced in October of last year, has been cancelled with no reason given. The developers posted on their Facebook page that the project had to be terminated due to reasons beyond our control and refused to elaborate further. But uh, £10 says that Konami caught wind of the project and sent some threatening letters. Uh, so allow me to echo the words of Jim Sterling in a popular hashtag and say, fuck Konami. <laughs> fuck Konami forever. you got to love Jim Sterling. <laughs> yeah. I, I hate Konami. Um, I hate what they've, what they've turned it. And the, the way that they've decided to exit the video game market <laughs> is, is awful. And the fact that they are they're hanging on to all these beloved franchises just so they can turn them into fucking pachinko machines boils my piss <laughs> <laughs> just go re- go retro go retro and enjoy the good times of canal oh yeah no I'll still I still enjoy the old games but you know the fact that I, I will never get to play another Kojima produced Metal Gear Solid game I'll never be able to play another good Silent Hill I'll never be able to play another good Castlevania game I'm going to watch Silent Hill this week (laughs) (laughs) oh you can still watch that film and laugh (laughs) hasn't that got Sean Bean in oh I hope so does he die I don't think he does I think it's one of the rare films where he doesn't sorry I'm in The Martian I was expecting NASA to explode (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> he has carved out a good niche for himself as dying in everything. Yeah. Our next news piece is quite a big one. So this was reported by The Guardian. Uh, Gears of War developer tells games industry we must fight Microsoft. Um, it's quite. I thought that was quite a clickbaity headline until I looked into the actual article itself and was like, oh, okay, that's not clickbait. So um, Windows' new Universal Windows platform initiative, which I will admit I don't fully understand yet and I, don't, I haven't spoken to anyone. I don't think they do. Um, out the use who doesn't work in the games industry who does really understand it no yeah. nobody really fully understands it to be honest <laughs> uh yeah the, the uwp has come under some fierce criticism since it was announced but none quite as sharp as that from epic games co-founder tim sweeney who has accused microsoft of trying to monopolize and control the pc games market in a letter to the guardian he stated microsoft is moving against the entire pc industry including consumers and gamers in particular software developers such as epic games publishers such as uh, ea and activision and distributors like valve and good old games Microsoft has launched new PC Windows features exclusively in UWP and is effectively telling developers you can use these Windows features only if you submit to the control of our lockdown UWP ecosystem. They're curtailing users' freedom to install full-featured PC software and subverting the rights of developers and publishers to maintain a direct relationship with their consumers. I'd strongly advise that you go onto the the Guardian website and read the entirety of the letter that he he submitted to them so you can understand entirely his issues with what Microsoft is trying to do. Uh, We'll tweet out a link when the episode goes live and we'll place the link in the show notes as well. Um, In the interest of balance, uh, we should note that Microsoft have responded to Tim Sweeney's comments. Uh, Corporate Vice President of Windows Kevin Gallo stated, The Universal Windows platform is a fully open ecosystem available to every developer that can be supported by any store. A sentiment which was echoed on Twitter by Phil Spencer, the head of Xbox. Kevin Gallo details his plans in a blog post on the Windows website that explains everything in very corporate language. Uh, We'll post a link to that uh, blog post in the show notes as well and tweet that out when the show goes live. Um, Basically, the long and short of it seems that Microsoft are trying to implement yet another program that is proving to be deeply unpopular and is turning into a massive PR disaster again. Um, it has similarities to the ill-fated attempts to crush the used game market that, that caused so much buzz around the launch of the Xbox One. Um, so much so that it, that it led to a sales deficit against the PS4 that is so large that Phil Spencer himself recently admitted that Microsoft will never be able to catch up this generation um the only difference with this policy is that instead of trying to implement a policy that would just impact on consumers this time it seems they're also trying to screw developers and publishers which could lead i presume to some of them refusing to distribute their games on microsoft platforms altogether which in turn would hit xbox sales even harder it's like they're just not bothered about anybody's money anymore isn't it <laughs> yeah, like they are actually they've actually released a, a machine that looks like a Betamax video recorder in the hopes that it's never actually going to take off and nobody's going to buy yeah. it. Is this the Atari Jaguar? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think a lot of the problems they've got is that as opposed to Sony, where Sony as a company as a whole have recognised that the PlayStation aspect of their company is very important to them. They've lost, mm. they're losing out on the mobile phones market um, to other manufacturers. They've completely closed their computer market. Sony Films is struggling. The PlayStation aspect of the company is one of the more profitable aspects. Whereas for someone like Microsoft, 
Xbox, the Xbox division, make is a drop in the ocean in terms of their their profits. Yeah. Um, to the point that when their their new CEO, whose name escapes me, came in the other year, there were rumours about how he was being advised by shareholders to just axe Xbox mm. completely and just concentrate on their server side business, which is what brings in the big money for them. And it just strikes me as being because the, the guy who's implementing is Kevin Gallo. He's the corporate vice president of Windows. He doesn't really have anything to do with Xbox. And it just strikes me as being a company that doesn't really care too much about Xbox, trying to implement something new, which is going to affect Xbox and not really caring that it does. It seems to be that, once again, it seems like a short-sighted move by Microsoft to control an aspect of the PC gaming market. I mean, didn't we release Windows for Games a few years ago and wasn't that roundly um, derided? And then uh, It was awful. Yeah. Games for Windows yeah, Live. Yeah, Games, uh, games for Windows yeah, Live. I'm, I'm saying mm. it was awful. It was, you know, removed. It was awful. You know, <laughs> and now this is, it seems to be... I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know the full details, but what I can see. It seems to be another attempt by Microsoft to... Hold on we need to control this um, space of gaming we can't have Valve, we can't have GOG releasing all these games and we want everything yeah. to come through us and I mean that wouldn't not being able to sell games through to, through Steam or through GOG wouldn't affect their relationship with publishers too much you'd think mm. but then when you when you think about how Ubisoft has its Uplay platform on PC and um EA has Origin, mm. which are the two platforms that they sell their games through. And then Microsoft is coming to tell them that they need to sell their games through the U- through this UWP program. At what point do they say, well, we're not going to make our games for Xbox and Windows 10? Mm. I mean, they take a bit of a sales hit, but I don't, it just seems like... <laughs> it seems like a, a corporate suicide. Yeah, it's almost picking a fight again when you don't need to pick a fight. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. yeah. I mean, everything's Phil Spencer's turned the Xbox division around. Microsoft seems to have turned things around with Windows 10. Yeah, you know, do something positive for the game. Yeah, they were finally starting to turn it around. I, I can't remember the, the name of the, the the former guy who was in charge of Xbox, but um, he was Don, was Don Matrix. Matrix. Yeah, Matrix. yeah, Don Matrix. He was awful. Nobody liked the guy, and, and he made some awful decisions. Phil Spencer comes in and he seems like an Apple guy who does actually seem to care mm. about gaming, which is a bit of a rarity in video game company CEOs and, um, and heads of divisions. Mm. And Microsoft were making some good decisions and, you know, the Xbox One was becoming more and more of an attractive prospect. And then they go and do something like this and it's just like, why? It's like one step forward, two steps back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Again, it's the Xbox 180, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it's a shame because I, you know, I don't have an Xbox One, but the the better, the, you know, the stronger platform the Xbox is, then the stronger platform the PlayStation Four has to be to compete, yeah. and mm-hmm. then the only winner is the consumer. But if one company is struggling really badly, then the other company can, you know, can let things slide a little bit because yeah. it doesn't matter. They're still going to sell consoles. They're still going to sell games. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So it affects everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Our other piece of Microsoft news, which is shockingly new news, coming uh, coming out today, although it'll be, it'll be old by the time, <laughs> yeah, within the last hours, uh, but it, it'll be old by the time you hear this, unfortunately, <laughs> is that um, beloved UK developer Lionhead uh, being closed by Microsoft. Uh, this article coming from PC Gamer, 
Uh, Microsoft has just announced that the long-in-development Fable Legends is cancelled, and furthermore that it is in discussion with employees about closing down Lionhead, which basically means they are closing down Lionhead but have to yeah. go through the, the mandatory consultation period. Um it's not the end of the bad news either. Press Play Studios, which have been working on the Xbox One exclusive project Knoxville, will also be shut down. They're a Scandinavian developer, I think, aren't they? Uh, I'm not sure. Press Play, yeah, they're from Copenhagen. Oh, right. I'd never heard of them before, but yeah, that's a shame. Um, anyway. Uh, Microsoft said these have been tough decisions and we have not made them lightly nor are they a reflection on the development teams we are incredibly fortunate to have the talent creativity and commitment of the people at these studios Microsoft Studios Europe General Manager Hanno uh, Lemke wrote an Xbox Wire the Lionhead Studios team has delighted millions of fans with the uh, Fable series over the past decade press play imbued the industry with a unique creative spirit behind games like Max the Curse of the Brotherhood and uh, Kalimba both with which captured passionate fans. These changes are taking effect as Microsoft Studios continues to focus its investment and development on the games and franchises that fans most ex- find most exciting and want to play. Um, the reasons for the cancellation of Fable Legends, which was touted for cross-platform play between PC and Xbox One, haven't been given, but the game was conspicuous by its absence at Microsoft's spring preview event a fortnight ago. Um, yeah, I don't remember anyone talking about that. I think everyone had kind of forgotten about Fable Legends, which is a bit of yeah. a shame. Mm. Yeah, it's been it's in beta, hasn't it? It's been in beta for a while. Oh, God, yeah. since last year. Yeah. Mm. Uh, last summer, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, this one's quite... It's, just, it, it's quite upsetting. Yeah, um, it is. Whenever, whenever a developer closes down, but especially someone like Lionhead. I mean, like, I, I've been... Uh, I remember back in the days of, of uh, Bullfrog Productions with games like uh, Magic Carpet and Magic Carpet 2 and then when that became Lionhead and they brought out some incredible games like Black and White mm. and um, I know the, 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 he's a big fan of um, oh, what was the game called? Was, the, was it the movies? Movies, the movies yeah. The movies, yeah. yeah they the, were yeah, yeah, the uh, sort of like Sims style game where you created a movie studio and then created movies within mm. within the studio and whatnot. That was that was great fun and and the Fable games, the Ooh. the first couple of Fable oh, games were really good as well. They were fantastic. I've, 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 they're yeah. the ones that I've actually played right through to the end every every time. Just yeah, definitely phenomenal I games. Mean, they were a bit of a running joke because there were all these promises that Peter Molyneux uh-huh. would make before they came out and then <laughs> most of them weren't in the finished product but they were still great games and it's 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 a shame it's it's a big it's a big loss for the gaming industry and an a, a even big loss for the, the British gaming industry as well oh. because they were one of the older games companies about yeah it's another big loss for Microsoft as well because let's face it um, a new Fable game would have been one of the things that I would have looked for in a new Xbox One so yeah. that's me turned off that platform even further than it was. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've, <laughs> I'm pretty much steering clear of it at the minute, and there's nothing that's actually selling it to me at all. No, for me, there's there's a, a couple of games that I now that I'd be interested in getting an Xbox One for, mm. and the, neither of them would would warrant me shelling out the price for a new console just to play them. So it's yeah, it's made the platform slightly less of an attractive prospect. Yeah. Yeah, I just feel so, sorry for all the um, staff that are going through yeah. this process. Yeah, the thing is as well, they're really talented people, every one of them. Yeah. You know, there's such a small staff when you look at their roster, and you think, Jesus Christ, you've turned out some real classics, you know, in, in pretty much um, a garden shed kind of operation. 
Uh, so yeah, a friend of the show, Katie, tweeted out about it uh, early today, and uh, she brought to my attention that um, some other British developers like Rockstar and Creative Assembly are already pulling together and offering jobs to uh, the people at Lionhead who are losing their positions. So hopefully most of them won't be out of work for too long. But even so, it's just, you know, it's sad. Yep. Mm, it Lionhead is. have been around for a long time. Yep. There's a, yeah, there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of legacy in that company uh, so we've had a few uh, community comments uh, first of all we'd like to thank Stuart Garrard of the Renaissance Men podcast for giving us a shout out on the latest episode the Renaissance Men is a great show uh, it's going through a few changes like like ourselves at the moment uh, so make sure to check them out and uh, hopefully we'll manage to persuade Stuart to appear on an episode of Laps Gamer Radio in the future one of the other pieces of uh, feedback we had was uh, the other half of the email from Stephen Jackson from uh, earlier it was a good email it was it was a very good email are we on backwards we've done the bottom half first and we'll do the top half <laughs> yes yes <laughs> so following on from his constructive criticism earlier he's also got uh, a bit of uh, feedback about uh, his uh, his gaming habits of late um so he, again he's at jukebox uh jukebox z uh on twitter and he says hi guys uh, enjoying the show and looking forward to your next installment i've been a lapsed gamer for a while but i'm glad to say the last few months have seen me rediscover the hobby this was done through revisiting the games i loved and used to play endlessly uh through playing through half-life 2 again as a reminder of the fun when you're immersed in a different world after hearing your strategy game topic show i dusted off command and conquer red alert and played that taking me back to my younger days where gaming was counted in, in days not hours uh reliving these greats has allowed me to re-enter to the gaming fold and become a regular gamer again although the big RPGs of The Witcher and Fallout still continue to be too big for me but one step at a time <laughs> yeah definitely yeah I, I would not recommend The Witcher yeah. 3 or, um, or Fallout 4 <laughs> baby steps if you've got if you if you're a lapsed gamer if you if you have uh, time pressures then absolutely not um yeah oh my god Command and Conquer Red Alert I I, I used to be a uh, a real hound for for um, uh, you know RTS strategy games, and um, I've got a real soft spot for the Command and Conquer series. Yeah, I'm not so good with the Command and Conquer. That no. cost me three controllers. Really? Oh, I see. I never played it on uh, console. <laughs> I used to play a lot on PC and um, PS One. Me PS One. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, Red Alert was one of the games that I, I used to play. That oh, I played it so much on PC back in the day. I, I still have a soft spot for those ridiculously cheesy uh, FMV cutscenes. Um, with like, they, I mean, I, I can't remember which one it was. I'm pretty sure they had James L. Jones playing one of the roles in uh, in one of the Command and Conquer games back in the day. <laughs> And um, <laughs> Half-Life 2 uh, is still one of the greatest first-person shooters I've ever played. It's, yeah. it's not aged particularly well, but it is a decade old now. <laughs> so... <laughs> and time well, flies when you're having fun. Yeah, yeah. And, it's like, and it doesn't matter. The, the, the gameplay and the storyline and everything kind of make up for it. And it's still got one of the greatest like introductory sequences to a game that I've ever played. Speaking of which, we've got a question for the community. So much like a good movie, the intro sequence to a video game can set the tone for the rest of the game. Whether it's the first level or tutorial section, the opening cinematic, or an interactive introduction like those in Half-Life and Half-Life 2. So we'd like to hear from you. Um, let us know what you think your favourite video game intro is. Personally, I'd say probably Half-Life 2 is 
one of my favorites. The whole um, it, it built on um, the intro to Half Life One with the, the long train ride through the Black Mesa facility, where you where it kind of sets the tone for it. In Half Life Two, you get thrown into this train that's going through this Orwellian style uh, dystopian future. Hmm. Um, and it's it's one of the best ways I've ever seen a video game of, of, of setting uh, the tone and setting the mood for, for a game. Um, you guys got any you want to mention? Mm, I've, I've been thinking about this all weekend. I've <laughs> really got no idea. Because I'm looking back at some of the games and thinking, good God, there's been some, <laughs> some games that have had some great intros and then the game itself has been bloody awful. Mm. Um, so it's a case of um, what games games have had a brilliant intro where the intro has just been the start to something wonderful as well yeah so I'm, go- I'm really gonna have to think about this I'm not gonna get back to you this week that's fair the <laughs> uh, one I can think of at the moment would be Uncharted 2 mm. oh the, the train. train oh the train. yes yeah that would be oh god yeah, yeah. I'd forgotten about so, that, you see. Yeah. I'm really going to have, good th- have a good think. That one, that, that set the tone for the whole game, the big action set pieces, especially after coming off Uncharted. Yeah. I mean, you think it was a nice little game, but then they went really big on um, Uncharted 2. So that one at the moment, but yeah, I'll probably think of some more. Um, North, yeah. That's something naughty I've been really good about as well. I, I haven't played Uncharted 1 still. Um, no? no, no, I mean, to, I'm going to get the Nathan Drake collection at some time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Uncharted 2 had an incredible opening. Uncharted 3 had a great opening that kind of set the tone for that yeah. as well with the, the punch up in the in the London pub. Um, <laughs> yeah, forgot about and that. And then uh, the intro to The Last of Us. Oh my God, such a such a yeah. punch in the stomach. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that the one where everybody dies? Yeah. Yes, there's a death right at the very Excellent. beginning of the, of the game. And Spoiler! Yeah. Well, it, it happens within the first it's the hour. It's yeah. <laughs> Some people got to get past that bit. <laughs> Yeah, but well, about that's all I'm going to watch. <laughs> yeah, but that that that's a, that's a brilliant job of setting the tone for the game. Another one I'd say I really really enjoy is the intro to Mass Effect Two, where it picks up a little bit after the, yes. the end of Mass Effect One, yeah. and it opens um, with the Normandy, the ship that you've spent all of Mass Effect One with being destroyed, and having Shepard seemingly die as well and it's like it's this huge explosive opening and it's it's incredible I've not even got that far thanks (laughs) (laughs) spoiler it's kind of cushioned he doesn't he doesn't die because there's still another two games to go (laughs) (laughs) but uh, yeah like uh, I love a good intro to a a video game Um, Call of Duty has in the past with certain installments had uh, very good introductory missions Ooh. as well was it Modern Warfare or Modern Warfare 2 that had the, the level on the, the tanker oh, I can't remember yeah it was uh, Modern Warfare yeah yeah Modern Warfare that, 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 level. No, that is a great opening level yeah um, Medal of Honor Allied Assault the Omaha Beach the oh my god Normandy yeah you remember on PC <laughs> Yeah, it's like playing through the beach sequence from uh, Saving yes. Private Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we did mention one the other week, though. Um, the intro to Bayonetta 2. Oh, wow, the, that's fantastic. The Christmas shopping sequence. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> that just makes no sense whatsoever. It's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> but again, it kind of sets the tone for the game because that game makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But yeah, if you've uh, got any suggestions of what you think um, 
uh, great introductions for games then let us know on the, on the Twitter or send us an email or, or put a post on our Facebook and we'll be sure to read them out in the next episode yeah we're not going to pour any sort of time restriction on this either no you know? so no. Um, whenever whenever you want to <laughs> even if you experience a great intro six months down the line <laughs> just <Yeah>. post it <laughs> just send, just let that. us know So, uh, yeah, another reminder that our game pick nomination uh, for an upcoming episode is uh, Grim Fandango. So, again, if you'd like to play through that and uh, let us know your thoughts Ooh. on the game, then uh, give it a try. It was free on PS Plus yeah. last month. Yeah, yep, last, month. last month. So if you missed out, then sorry. Just go and buy it. <laughs> Just go and buy it. Go and buy yeah, it. That's it's it. bloody good. Go and buy it. Um, yeah, it's good. Would recommend it. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, if you want to play through it and let us know your thoughts, then again, you can contact us on Twitter or via email or on the Facebook. And at some point um, over the coming year, I'm going to be inviting a, a, a couple of guests onto the show. Um, we're going to do a special episode about the Battlefield series, which is a series of probably not recommended for laps gamers, but I don't care because I love Battlefield. So um, a couple of guys that I... A couple of my friends that I like to play a lot of Battlefield with, uh, I've managed to convince them to come on and wax lyrical for ages about EA server problems and, and whatnot. <laughs> no, it, it's an episode me and Andy can sit out on. Yeah, yeah. You, well, you guys can get a week off and we can talk about the, the madness that is Battlefield. Uh, so, yeah, if there's any Battlefield fans out there, then uh, send us in your emails of uh, your thoughts on the Battlefield series and we'll be sure to include those as well. But that one won't be for a while, so you've got some time on that one. So you can find our podcast episodes to stream or download mp3s at our podbean web address which is lapsgamerradio.podbean.com and you can also download through itunes and if you do that then uh, do be kind enough to leave us a review so let us know if you'd like to be on a future episode with us we'd like to hear some more voices from the community and uh, some more uh, viewpoints on what it's like to be a laps gamer or or a not so laps gamer like myself all that's left to be said is uh, thanks for listening and uh, goodbye Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, that was beautifully in sync then.